Kitch. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rose, welcome. Hello. Uh, hopefully I'll bring more energy. Well, yeah, listen, we're going to get right into it. We're going to get right into Kitch's uh, energy levels. Uh, we were at the game last night, which happens to be the Bucks game, which um, I kind of wish I wasn't there to, to witness that. Uh, but Kitch, do you want to uh, do you want to share why you're why you're a little glum today? Well, it's it's amazing how these games end at like what, 9.15, 9.30. Yeah, but when but when my head goes to the pillow it's three like what so what, what like what, six hours we don't need to stay up six hours after the game i don't think that's necessary well, game i think game finished more like 10 but it was an extra it was a five-hour bonus session last night well listen there was lots to drown our sorrows in i think that was part was. of the problem there was yeah we had too many guests we had too many visitors in our seats uh <laughs> and then we and we upgraded to great seats last night so uh which we'll talk jack, about jack wanted one more jack he like he was yeah. he was ready to fight the bartender last night that totally, totally was uh so aaron jack armstrong you're uh you know a friend of the show we were uh we tipped a couple with him last night that's uh, that's maybe why we're both maybe not uh in game shape right now for the, for the pod but i'll be there listen i'm ready to go i've heard he's uh he's one to have a few before so uh, i i wouldn't try and keep up with him jack is uh jack's very irish he's very irish yes, yes very irish all right aaron let's uh let's dive in you were there obviously uh not drinking. Not drinking. So uh, very engaged, I'm sure, on every single play. Uh, let's go. What do you Give us your thoughts. The Raptors need to stop losing by 20 points in the first half. They seem to like doing that a lot lately. And whether it's just a lack of energy, a lack of focus, a lack of preparation, we try to get to the bottom of it. And right now, nobody has answers. So while it's fun to have come from behind victories, uh, as Darko said the other day, you know, you have you, you can talk about the character in the second half of these games, but you also got to talk about the character in the first half of these games. And I think not enough focus has been put on what's going on in the first half. And against the Bucks, you just can't have the defensive letdowns that this team had against Dame Lillard. And he's really, really good. But but some of that was just inexcusable. Uh, 100%. Uh, so we'll talk about Darko in a second, because I think if we're going to start uh, with analyzing first halves and if that's if that's an issue uh you know i think darko plays a role in that but kitsch eight two to start the game wraps start the game on an eight two run a little there was some energy in the building i thought oh maybe that maybe the um we're gonna spill over from uh monday night's game against uh that tough uh wizards team or um but as it turns out eight two turned into a 17-0 run uh for the bucks and you could make the argument that after that I won't say the game was over, but we were climbing. The mountain was very, very large at that stage. Yeah, I, like you say, lack of focus or lack of energy. I, I just, I honestly think it's lack of skill. I just don't think we have <laughs> enough skill on her squad to compete against these teams. Like they shot, they shot fifty-one percent from three. Twenty for thirty. Twenty for thirty-nine. Like, like we sh- and we shot twenty-seven percent from three. We shot nine for nine of thirty-three. So the like you're just not going to win games when when you when you had a team that's shooting fifty and you're shooting twenty seven percent, you're not even going to be in them. And it was glaring. Like even guy, like even guys like Malachi, zero for eight from three. Malachi, the reason you're on the team is to make threes. That's that's you're on the team to make your outside shots. And so you had a, hor- a horrible night. Um, it's just you really see how how much better the top level teams are when we play when we play them like we we just we did looked we looked like a midget boys team playing the senior team in high school last night uh, yeah i'm not sure you can say midget anymore but um 
<laughs> so, so, uh, but okay, we gave up seventy points in the first half. So we're there, as we've said a bunch of times, there could be nights we don't knock down shots. But are there nights that you can ever give up seventy and a half and think you're going to win, Aaron? Like, I mean, I think that was a huge. It was unbelievable. Like it, it went from eight to to a layup line. Lillard got to the basket at any point, at any time. And if we ever did try and stop him, I mean, it was an easy kick out to a wide open three. And they played well. They did a great job of knocking down wide open threes. But they had a ton of wide open threes. I mean, Aaron, what's your take on the, I mean, the defense, the defensive lapses in the last couple of games are glaring. Yeah, Bradley Beal's a really, excuse me, not Bradley Beal. Uh, Dame Lillard is a really, really good player. But he was at some, some points just getting, it was layup lines, as you as, as you said. There was nobody at the paint. And I think we've talked about the fact that Jakob Pertl isn't the most mobile big. And when you have guys like Chris Asperzingis or you have guys like Brooke Lopez who space the floor a little bit, it pulls him out to the perimeter. And there was nobody at the paint to stop Lillard from getting in there. Uh, the Raptors were fouling him. I think he had like 13 free throws in the first half. And and when they, you know, they did collapse around him, they sent too many guys and all of a sudden he had kickout opportunities to Malik Beasley, who I think is on a veteran minimum, which makes <laughs> that Jalen McDaniels deal not look so good when Malik Beasley's dropping 30 points on a Toronto Raptors team on the veteran minimum. But anyways, I digress. Well, listen, can I just tell you something and I'm, I'll bring it up now. Uh, McDaniels did, did me a favor last night um because he made me appreciate Dennis uh, Schroeder a little bit more uh than maybe <laughs> that maybe I already did there was an incident last night uh Aaron, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you you picked this up from the uh, from the press box but kitchen like I referenced earlier we were uh we had front row seats under the basket last night just on, on the raptor side of the bench uh we're in the third quarter McDaniels is getting more minutes after a disastrous first half I thought it, I thought or, sorry a nondescript not disastrous but a nondescript first half uh and <laughs> we're down 30 i think at the time or 28 or whatever it is mcdaniels is out there he's got a he's got a bucket i mean it's it's a layup it's a left-hand layup that you gotta make he blows it i may have been animated to that sense uh, and i may have barked out get him out of there he's unplayable Dark, point was, led with darko darko oh, yeah. get him out of there. <laughs> i think i did i did think i did uh address that to darko uh but what i didn't realize is that because of the game's a bloat nobody's cheering there's no noise in the place and three or four raptors definitely heard me but dennis schroeder not only heard me locked in on me we i got the dennis schroeder death stare for I, i'm gonna go 45 seconds yeah right? did not take his eyes off me for 45 <laughs> seconds so little mia culpa i probably crossed the line last night didn't you know, it's more my passion than anything else as bobby bart uh, reminded me he's like dad remind remember you are cheering for this team you like you're, you're supposed to be a fan of this team. I'm like, oh yeah, true. So when the boys are telling me that maybe I, uh, I I crossed the line, I think I probably did. So, but Dennis, good on you. Back up your teammates, and Dennis, good on you again. End of the game, he's up, he's cheering, he's coaching, he's greeting the guys after the game. So Dennis, I apologize, but uh, I'm I'm loving you as a teammate. So so there you go. That's but back to McDaniel's. Aaron, help me out here. Is he an NBA rotation guy? It doesn't seem like the Raptors really are ready to have him in the rotation long term. I think they tried that for a little bit, and then they quickly realized, eh, maybe he's not a rotation guy. And Chris Boucher is a better rotation guy, and he was out of the rotation. So I would say that I was not super excited when they signed him. I said, like, look at the contract. He's a biannual exception guy. That 
you know, those guys don't make a ton of money and they aren't high end players. And that's why they're getting paid that way. So I think people were excited and I tried to tell everyone to relax a little bit. And it turns out that it, it so far early returns suggest it was not uh, uh, one of the Raptors finest free agent signings. Although frankly, they don't have a ton of those. Well, that is true. It's, it's, a, it's a uh, short list of great free agent signings, but I mean, Kitch, he got, did you, did you see it? Did you, did you look at the stats? His, so plus his, his plus minus was plus 21 last night. The Did next best, the next best in the team was plus six. Oh, well, wow. all right, let's but let's break that down for two seconds. I mean, he for whatever we don't have we, to. For, what, <laughs> for whatever reason, Darko went with the guys that were on the floor that were kind of making a like I don't want to say comeback. We made a run. Let's call it a run. We made a mini run, and Darko said, "Screw it, I'm going with the guys that got me here." And McDaniel's was the benef- the benefactor of of that run. Uh, with his minutes on there. I don't think he did much to contribute to that run, but, uh, but listen, I still understand. Like, and so let's go Darko here a little bit. This is what I don't understand. We're 11 games in and I get that's still a pretty small sample size. Uh, but there are some obvious, uh, I mean, in my opinion, there are some obvious weaknesses uh, on the team. McDaniels has, has definitely had his looks. I was surprised to see him in the rotation after he plays. He played horrifically. I thought against the wizards on Monday night, but yet again, here he is in a regular rotation in the first half, nondescript. Um, and, you know, there he is again in the second half. So my question is, what do you make of the rotation that Darko is obviously continuing to stick with? We'll go, uh, Aaron, why don't you take that one? Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure what the solution would be. You're without OGN and Obi, you're without Gary Trent Jr., uh, Grady Dick didn't have such a great game like you want Garrett Temple or Thad Young those are two veteran guys who have been out of the rotation like who who would you like to see in the rotation or is the issue as Kitch mentioned earlier that the talent on this roster isn't very good but like who who do who do you think could be in the rotation okay um well Kitch why don't I give you what what do you I'm gonna come back to that Kitch what do you make of the rotation do you think it's an injury thing that uh, because we're we're down two guys, two regular rotation guys. That this is what's happening, or is this? I personally think this is a Darko ism where he's just sitting there going, "I'm giving these guys a look until I'm not giving them a look." And apparently that that time uh, frame for it is not over yet, and he, these guys are going to continue to get looks even when when Gary, when Gary and OG are back. Yeah, I, I I think he's trying to figure out he's trying to figure out who's good and who 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 he can give decent minutes to. So I I I'm okay eleven games in if he's still because. What's it's not working consistently, so he's work, he's trying to find something that that meshes that gives us a better chance of winning. So I'm okay with with still shifting up the rotations and, and sticking guys in here and there and 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 trying to figure out who the who the core seven or eight guys he wants to he wants to play. Well, Aaron, to your question, I mean, look at this last night. McDaniel's has 18 minutes. Precious has 17 minutes. Like I would love to see in that scenario. Why is it? I mean, Precious four for seven. Uh, four rebounds, 11 points. Uh, I thought played hard, um, as he usually does. But if you guys want your boy Precious to be the most improved player, he needs more than 17 minutes. I just don't understand why that's an even share. Like, Precious is a guy that I want out there. And a game like that, when, we, when we're down to, like, geez, what happens to Precious when Gary and OG come back if he's only getting 17 minutes now? Like, I would definitely would have thought Achua a little further up on the, on the hierarchy uh, than McDaniels. And it seems like they're kind of trying to decide between them. Precious started the third quarter, the second half, over Yakapurtle. And maybe we should have a conversation about that in Yakapurtle. No. So, 
but but the Raptors did try and change things up. They went with Precious Achua to start the second half because they, as we talked about, the defense wasn't so good in the first half, and they wanted that switchability, that versatility that Precious Achua brings. But Darko said that the offense with Precious Achua on the court, essentially, they were missing layups at the beginning of that third uh, quarter. You, you, you know, this the end of that third quarter and, and the fourth quarter, relatively speaking, were better. But the beginning of that third quarter, that's when it went from a 20-whatever point game to a 30-point game. So I yep. think that lineup with Precious Achua on it was was lacking offensively, and they went back to Yaka Pertle. He's giving these guys shots, and he probably knows uh, – whether it's been said explicitly to him or whether he watched Masai Ujiri's press conference at the end of last year, Nick Nurse was fired in part uh, because he didn't play those guys, because those guys didn't develop, because he gave Malachi Flynn uh, you know, a little bit of a chance. Malachi Flynn didn't seize it, and he was like, all right, I'm done with you, Malachi Flynn. And the mandate, it seems like, for this season is give these guys a shot. And we did see Jalen McDaniels come out of the rotation for a little bit. Uh, but we also saw, we've talked about it in podcasts, a few podcasts ago, that you know, we were all ready to say Malachi Flynn, get him out of the rotation. He's not an NBA player. And obviously he, he struggled last night against the Bucs. But before that, he'd play pretty well, uh, relatively speaking, again. So sometimes you got to give these guys some amount of time. Uh, because as we know, Nick Nurse was really short on that leash. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's break this all down. Let's go back to Jakob. And then I want to get back to, Ma- to Malachi. Uh, so Yak, I mean... <sighs> frustrated right he started the game with like i think two blown layups like easy bucket layups that you just that you, you can't miss but then after that i actually thought he was kind of solid last night like he you know he had a double double uh he, he looked like but again i don't know what his role is on this team to be honest like is he a closer is he a guy is he a starter nope. first of all yes yeah i mean he starts he's, it doesn't appear he's ever going to close uh so what do you do with him and his like Hit, then his minutes need to be more straightforward and we need to know who that closing unit is. And he needs to know that, I guess, to a certain extent. So that one confuses me for sure. But Malachi, I like it was on that, the, the clip or after the uh, wizards game and Darko called him out in front of the team, like it, it called him out, like to congratulate him, about his effort, his game, that sort of thing. And I, again, maybe I'm jaded here. I don't see it. He's inconsistent. He's been inconsistent his entire career. You can count on, one hand without all your fingers, the number of consecutive games he's played well in. I mean, he's over eight last night, and I'm telling you, at least six of those looks, quality looks. Wide open. Right? Wide open. Wide. Actually, Darko talked about that today. He said eight of those looks, all eight of those looks were really good looks. So he wants him to keep shooting because they were good looks. I understand that you have a different point of view that he should probably make those. Uh, but Darko talked about how he was happy with those looks from Malachi. Don't make two of them. Or, you, know, you don't have to make, don't even make half. Don't even make three of them. Make two of them. Right, be a twenty-five percent shooter. Give me something to to latch on to. But outside of that, like again, I thought he's I thought he was nondescript. Other than the only thing you noticed about Malachi last night was his misses. There was nothing else in that game. I thought, oh, you know, look, he's doing X, Y, or Z. Like I just, I really don't think I'm wrong here. He is not an NBA eight-man rotation guy. He just isn't. And I think Nurse, yes, got his hand slapped for not developing these dudes. Uh, to a certain extent, or maybe Nurse is just sitting there going, "I recognize talent, right? I who, recognize skill. I recognize what I, I can, what you can and cannot do." Who is our Who is our second point guard? Who Who do we put in? We bring out uh, Schroeder. Well, I mean, every, who? Scotty's a primary ball handler. Right? Primary. Why can't we stagger that? I mean, a lot of teams end up doing that sort of stuff. Why can't you just stagger it? So one of those two guys are always on the floor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
but Dennis, I'm glad you brought him up from a from uh, you know we're obviously we're not going down any uh, Dennis rabbit holes this week, but <laughs> but not great last couple of games. Aaron, I mean, anything just things just a couple game thing, or I mean, he just he hasn't been good. I think that probably what you saw out of Dennis at the beginning of the season was not entirely who he was. And maybe what you've seen from him lately is also not entirely what he was. And the answer is somewhere in the middle that he's there's a reason he hasn't always been a starting NBA point guard. And there's a reason he's not an all star point guard. He's like, a you know, probably average, maybe slightly below average NBA starting point guard. And you're going to see those nights where he's assisting and those assist numbers are really well, are really high. But the three point numbers he was putting up at the beginning of the year just aren't Dennis Schroeder, who we've seen over whatever it is, a nine-year NBA career. Uh, also, he's been banged up a little bit. Uh, he's playing through some stuff. That's the last two games, at least the end of, um, what was it, the Wizards game. Yeah, I got uh, hurt. But, but, but if you're expecting you know, all-star level point guard play from Dennis Schroeder, then you, your expectations are way too high. Catch? Yeah, I think, I think the Schroeder needs a healthy roster around him. Like I think Schroeder plays better when he's got OG on the court when he's got Gary playing. Um, when he, he's got to kind of carry the load with, with some of these weaker roster members. I just don't think he excels in that role. I think he has to have a decent roster around him for him to be actual more productive. Yeah, I mean, I, that's probably a fair statement, and it's probably, uh, I guess, would apply to a lot of point guards uh, in, in the league for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, like, I'm, there's no panic on the, on the Dennis piece. Like I, I'm, I just think it's, I hope, I hope what we've seen in the last two games is not more likely that we're about to see. And that you're right, Aaron. Maybe it's maybe there's a mix in there. Maybe maybe we're going to average that one out, and it'll still be. And if we do, then I think he's going to be a pretty solid contributor. And like I said, so far he's proved himself to be a pretty pretty solid teammate. I think. Um, so I, I'm still. Yeah, I, I think he should have thrown a punch at that fan. I like definitely should have attacked well, that fan. Whoever I, you know, it was. Pre- I think it was pretty close. I think it was pretty close, Aaron. Like, that was. A, I think that was a death stare. That was even, like. A, that was like a marriage stare. That was a full. You'll, you'll learn this, Aaron. That was a full marriage stare that, we, that he got last night for a <laughs> extended period. Yeah, like like a real good teammate would have gone after the fan. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if there hadn't already been the malice in the palace, I think that with no so with no frame of reference, I mean, yeah, it could have happened. That could have been it. Could have been right there. I, I'm not sure. I would let. I would let happen. I would like. I would like to see how to play out. Actually, so oh, I know. Well, I'm you called sure me out right away. He's like, well, you're offside. I'm like, hey, how about have how about have your your fans back? How about that? <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, all right. What do we, uh, Oh, uh, anything else we want to hammer home with the, with the, I feel like we, I feel like we, uh, I mean, what else is there to say about those last couple efforts? Like fall, fall behind big, um, against did, a shitty, did you ever you think know? they were going to do it? Did you think that they might pull off the come from behind victory against well, the box? I, I did bet no. it at 10 to one. No. I in-gamed it at 10 to one. Dude, I think it was going to happen when I made the bet. No. Was I trying to salvage the betting evening? Yes. Uh, so it was a desperate bet, but don't, I, um, but I must admit with that wizards team, like there was an, there was an opportunity, but I did, I mean, at no point yesterday or last night's game against the bucks that I think that I think, we were, I guess I'll say that like, you know, this team is five and six right now, 11 games into the season. They're probably not going to beat the Celtics. I don't know who they have after that. I want to say it's like Detroit or someone bad, but like, Detroit, you know, Detroit. they kind of look like the team they were last year, which was a 41 and 41 team. And now they're virtually 500 and uh you know they, they got rid of some key players and fred van vliet as we know they replaced their head coach but it turns out they're coming back and scotty looks better but they're about a 500 team and that's not where you want to be in the nba long term but 
they didn't take a huge step back, I guess, but there is also not, we haven't seen some leap forward from this group, obviously Scotty. Uh, and, and that's one of the guys who played really well against the Bucks. Uh, and his pick and roll game has looked exceptional to start the season. But uh, with the exception of him, this isn't a group that has taken some huge step forward this year. And they still look like a playing team sort of. Yeah. I mean, which again, as we get closer to that trade deadline, um, it's going to be very interesting to see what direction we go in because uh, as the rumors fly around, and they're just rumors at the stage because I don't think anyone thinks there's a, a deal imminent. But, you know, it would, the rumors that you're hearing is that they're still looking to pretend more upgrade than downgrade. That's, again, just my impression of the rumors. Kitch, any overall uh, five and six assessments? Uh, no. No. I'm, <laughs> am, I, am I shocked? No. I'm not shocked. This is the team that – this is the team we knew was going to be for the season. So – Game by game, it's painful, but the big picture, if you had told me the first we're going to be five and six after 11 games, I probably would have said, yeah, that makes sense. So it's not. All right. Well, let's close, let's close with our favorite segment on the Raps Recap with uh, a quick body language check on Pascal Siakam. Yeah, come on, Aaron. You, you, uh, listen, it, it's a dichotomy, those two games. Uh, super engaged with the Wizards uh, game, obviously. Uh, in the In the cut that I sent you guys, like, when Boucher gets the chain, like fucking Pascal's first guy up, like, like it was, it was, it was a good sort of like moment. I was like, oh, okay, he, he's good with this because, uh, and I thought it was great. But we were twenty feet from him last night at the end of that yeah. bench yeah. when he was benched the entire fourth quarter. So Aaron, I'd like, I wouldn't mind your thought, quick thoughts on that. I just think it was a, I don't think it was a benching, but just they clearly no reason to put him back in. But he did not seem happy. Got up, started leaving the bench before the game was over, as opposed to the Dennis's of the world who stayed on greeted all the guys that they came off that sort of thing. I mean, listen, I, we could be grasping here to, to find something wrong, but he was not a happy. He was not a happy dude. Maybe he was just not frustrated with the loss. Winning is a lot more fun than losing. And I think that's probably what you're seeing from Pascal Siakam. And again, I keep saying this, like that's kind of what you want from the guys. If everyone was like losing and you were like, you know, we tried hard. You're going to be the guys who are like, you guys, you guys are like the guys that you don't want uh, participation medals. And Pascal Siakam, where's the losing? And I think that's kind of, you can't kill him when he's wearing the losing. But he was also really fired up. I was surprised he didn't get the chain. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, talk about that, but yeah. but he, as he talked about it after that game against the Wizards, he was he thought Chris Boucher deserved it. And as you mentioned in that video, he was right there standing up clapping for his guys. Huh. Uh, so when they win, Pascal's all good vibes. And when they lose, less so. Well, listen, as long as those less so uh, vibes are, have nothing to do with an individual aspect of it and it's purely team, then, hey, I'm with you, right? You can you can be downtrodden. You can be pissed. You can be annoyed. But it, I'm just telling you, it doesn't always look that way. That, that way. So you make nothing of, the, of him not playing the fourth quarter last night. We saw Marquise Noel in that fourth quarter. So, uh, like you know. Too. Could he have played some minutes at the beginning of the fourth quarter? Sure. I'm not sure he always plays those minutes. And then at a certain point, it was it was getting pretty ridiculous. Yeah, no. catch any anything. It will catch you right there. Your body yeah, language. Yeah, I, I just I like. What's the knock on the Bucks in the league? What's they have no defense. That's the knock, right? There's no defense. This, this team, yeah. this team struggles because yeah. they lack, they lack, they lack defense. So this is a game that's ripe for Seattle to put up twenty plus for sure. And the fact he had in in the meaningful time he only had about seven. He got he got two buckets near the end, but uh, like he's 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 got to come on. 
come up against these yeah. teams and and put up twenty plus. Like that's he, that's his role. You know, I think it was last podcast on here that we were saying, you know, is Pascal Siakam the problem? And you got to give him credit for what he did against uh, Dallas and what he did right. against yep. Washington. So uh, he certainly has bounced back a lot lately, and is yes. yep. you know yes. didn't look so great against Brook Lopez. And and you know you can say what you want about this box defense, but Brook Lopez is a really good interior paint defender, mm-hmm. and I think Siakam's going to have trouble against a guy like that. Uh, but for the most part, he's the past week uh, Siakam's taking this game back to old Pascal Siakam. Looks like he's yep. he's rediscover yeah, that form. Well, and I, I would I would say to you in the Wizards game, they absolutely used him like the old Pascal too. I mean, he was in that paint 90% of the time. Right? He was backing guys down, he was driving, he was slashing, doing like last night it and again, maybe it's just system and sometimes the ball doesn't find him uh in the spots that he, where he's um at his at his very best. So, it it could be a bit I went to you Kitch. If you are the stud, if you're the all-star, I don't know. I mean, you, you got to show up like you you got to you got to come ready to play. Uh, and you got to figure it out. I mean, Brooks, Lip- like the other teams, most teams are putting up 115 on the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if not more. And we had 50 points at the half, right? And we got a bunch of slop at the end to make it, I think, 111 or 12 points. But yeah, I'm with you. Listen, but I agree with you, Aaron. Pascal looked great. I mean, he looked great on Monday night. Uh, he's had a, in the Dallas game. He's had he's had a couple of uh, you know more traditional Pascal type uh, games. But again, I think. But what I am surprised with, and I'll just I'll leave it at this, but there there seem to be the duds are much duddier than they used to be, right? Like he is when he's off, it's not like he's he's off by scoring sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen. He's off by scoring nine or ten, which that just seems like a pretty big drop off. So who knows? Eleven games in. Okay, good. We'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, listen, new segment, uh, and Aaron uh, I think is uh, the most. It's it's. it's uh, in t- been titled appropriately because uh, Kitchen, I think we're all dogs and we can't learn much uh, that's new. But the, the segment is going to be what did Aaron learn today? And that's either going to be by research, at practice, whatever it may have been. Uh, but you threw a couple of good things. That, well, you know, sadly for my uh, season long predictions, you've thrown a couple stats at us that you're going to share uh, around young Grady. Uh, so go ahead. What, what have we learned? Oh, I didn't know I was doing this. I thought I could avoid ripping Grady. I, no, this was not no. going to be what I learned today. Um, the stats that I referenced with you guys are Grady Dick has more turnovers this season than three-pointers made and more fouls than made field goals. But I learned something way better. So can we pivot away from that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. You your may segment. have noticed. Your segment. You may have noticed or heard that OG and Obi cut his finger doing a household chore. We don't know the household chore. It's his right index finger. So I don't, that's not really how you chop if you're a right hand. So we'll leave that up to uh, a mystery. But he's back at practice working exclusively with his left hand. So you might think that could be good for his future. Now, we asked Darko about working out with his left hand. And here's what Darko said. There was an interesting study. Right-handed people, when they work on their left hand, I'll skip over some of this, um, Work, they improve their right hand when they work with their left hand. But left-handed people don't improve their right hand when they work with their right hand. I don't know. But he told me that there's this study where this right where OG and Obi is basically going to come back with a better right hand, even though he hasn't been working on his right hand. So he will be better right-handed and left-handed when you see OG and Obi next, according to a study referenced today by Darko Rakovic. <laughs> Do you believe it? Who is Darko? That should be a segment. Who is Darko? Dr. Darko, PhD <laughs> in um, basketball sciences. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I don't think I'd ever heard that one. And I also didn't know that J- uh, 
OG had a left hand. I just assumed he had two right hands uh, the way he grew up. So uh, that is, that's good to know. That is good intel. Um, all right. Well, then, listen, there you go. Anything else, Aaron, and uh, what we learned? No. You do you, I guess, do you believe that, that you're going to see a new OG Ananobi with a new left hand and a new right hand when he comes no. back? You, you assume it'll probably be, he's got stitches in his right hand. So do you, you know, a couple of weeks of working on your left hand, a couple of days, oh, hopefully not weeks. Is that confirmed? He, st- he got stitched up for the cut? Yeah, he got stitches. Oh, shit. So he could be, this could be a few games then. By the time he's by the time he's back, oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's not good. Uh, well, I can tell you, he was very comfortable last night in his leisure wear that he was wearing. He looked, he looked he very was, comfortable, very very comfortable. Basement, basement tracksuit, his basement yeah, tracksuit, nice. really good. Though. Nice, but yeah, looking good. Unlike unlike Gary, who's who's Gary's stylist? Go figure that one out. Um, all right, well, listen, well, there we go. Maybe that's uh, that's deep intel. Um, good. Now, but it's actually kind of good because it leads into our next segment. Uh, so there's this whole thing around Darko. This is a Darko segment. Uh, around he's this uh, sort of positive force of nature. He believes, you know, I think uh, in certain philosophies that would be definitely non-Nick Nurseish, and you know, against the grain for the majority of coaches uh, across any sport. Uh, so he's got a little. We we were talking about this uh, before the pod. He's got a little Teddy Lasso in him. He says Lassoy type things so i think what uh aaron's got for us here is he's got a couple quotes and kit you and i are going to figure out is it, is it a ted lasso quote and seeing as you're not an aficionado of the show or is it a darko quote uh this should be it should be interesting to see if you can figure this out i think i'm gonna do pretty well on this uh but kitch we'll we'll see we'll see you're so ready what do you got aaron i'll start with this i think one of the neatest things about being a coach is the connection you get to make with your players darko or lasso I'm going to go Lasso. Oh, it's Darko. 100% Darko. It is Lasso. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Maybe. You just things? Oh, jeez. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to go find Here's that. the next one. All right. Here we go. I try to wake up every single day with that on my mind. How can I help? I'm going to go Darko with that one. Well, yeah. So you can, I'm now trying to see if Aaron's going to like fuck with us like a, um, like a, you know, is he ever going to give us two in a row the same person? Now, is it obvious that this is Darko? No, I'm, I'm in my own head already. Two, two quotes in, I'm in my own head. Uh, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Darko. It is Darko. Well done. You, all right, you. next. I told them I don't expect them to go out there and win the game, but I expect them to go out there and play with joy, play with fun, and compete. Well, Dar- that was Darko. Yeah, we heard that was too yeah, easy. Yeah, that was too. We unfortunately yeah. know that, but it, but it's very lasso esque. That was very lasso. Very lasso. Very, very lasso esque. Yeah. There's two buttons I never hit. That's panic and snooze. Lasso. Yeah, lasso. Lasso. Okay, maybe this was too easy, but there is a connection between them. He was talking about he was talking about how he told Malachi Flynn when the season started he just needed to smile more, play with more joy. Right. Yeah. Very yeah. Ted Lasso. Very Ted Very Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah. I am certain that if you were to go back to the three seasons of Ted Lasso, the words play with more joy were probably in that script somewhere. So for uh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know. So he, to me, Darko, like he is an enigma. Like I'm not quite sure what to make of him yet. Like, uh, and if his style will work, I, I think the jury's definitely out. But I will say Monday night's game against uh, the Wiz, like he coached Scotty up. He was pissed with Scotty. He called. Uh, I think three timeouts in a quarter uh, at one stage, but, and he yanked Scotty. Scotty did something and you know, he was bang on. Scotty was a bit dramatic. 
and called the timeout, yanked him and, and sat him for a long stretch. Like, so I'm always pro that stuff. Uh, I think, I think he's going to be hit. Uh, he's going to have to be careful that the shine of this sort of approach doesn't wear off or that it doesn't become too sticky. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't know what to make of him yet. Again, 11 games and way, way too, uh, way too small of a sample size, but yeah, it, I'm interested by it. I'm, I'm engaged to see how this all works out and what he ends up being. He clearly is like a, a crazy over the top fun coach. And then as we talked about, he's referencing these studies. I think he wrote a, like, you know, a, a an article on the value of the pick and roll and how to properly like, uh, you know, a doc, you know, an official academic article on how to run the pick and roll. So he is certainly an interesting character. Uh, will it work long-term? Uh, we'll see. Like, I'm really interested in what happens when this team loses four games in a row, whether it's this year or next year or whatever, like what happens when this team goes through a funk? Um, because it will happen, you know, at some point in Darko's career. And how do the guys respond to that? Um, because positivity is easy when things are, for the most part, going pretty well. Um, and at five and six, I'd say this team is, generally speaking, kind of positive. Um, but what happens when things go the other way will be interesting to see. What did he What did he say? He came up to you guys in the media and, and shook all your hands the other day. Oh, yeah. He? Explain that one. Yeah, explain that one. Yeah, he, he, so we were there at OVO for shoot around the other day, and he walked up to us and was like, hey, I know I don't have to talk to you guys today. Just wanted to come over and say hello, shook our hands, and, you know, gave Doug a big yeah. hug and then walked away. I'm, I'm not at hug territory. Doug Smith's at hug territory. But, you know, just like like that's a nice thing to do. He's probably trying to curry favor with us. Um, yeah, for sure. But I guess that's the skeptical journalist in me. Um, but, but like, you don't, like, Nick wasn't doing those kind of things all that often. But, you know, that's not to say one guy's approach is better than another. Um, but but Darko certainly is, is, you know, always happy to crack a joke and say something that's a little goofy. And always, for the most part, he talked about, like, Scotty Barnes playing with more smiles and positivity today. So, uh Darko's Dr. Smiles, Coach Smiles. And listen, yeah. And having you guys, I'm not gonna say on his side, because I don't think you guys would, would do would do that, but being having a, a working relationship with the press is probably pretty important, I would think, in this in this capacity. And like I said, you guys don't have to love each other, but you have to respect each other. And the fact that he does something like that, like, I think that's that's smart, right? I mean smart. You know, why wouldn't you do it? Right? Why why wouldn't you do it? So, um, but I generally I don't think that's an act. I think that's generally who that's the person he is. I think that's his personality. Uh, so I don't I, I wouldn't I'd be very surprised if he's just doing that because he's like, oh shit, I better go over and say hi to this guy to make sure they like me. I think that's who he is. Right? That's the type he, of person. I, I had OVO today. I saw him talking to uh, Bobby Webster. Ran, sprinted across the gym, did some sort of crazy defensive maneuver on OG Ananobi, tried to strip him of the ball, went into his office, grabbed his phone, and then ran back across the court to show uh, Webster something that was on his phone. This is like he's a character. He's like Ted Lasso. Yeah. He's, yeah. Man. All right. Well, listen, I think Jerry's Maybe that he was showing the video of Bart's comments last night. To oh, Bobby geez, Webster. No. Well, that would have been, that yeah. been Dennis. Ban, oh, ban this me. fan. Ban this fan all time from uh, Scotiabank Arena. Trust me, OG didn't give a shit. He wasn't showing that to OG. OG. Um, yeah, well, it could be. Listen, well, I'll let you know. I'll let you know uh, Friday if I get in tomorrow night. We'll see. It's the Celtics, but of course, we're way back. We're, we're in our cheap seats tomorrow night, so yeah, we, no one will hear me from where we are. Uh, all right, uh, all right. I think, we, I think we've covered the wraps. Uh, quickly before we move on to um, what drives an AOB, we got some other NBA news that I, I think is uh, worthy. Uh, I only put down a couple of them, uh, but let's just quickly talk. Your favorite NBA player, James Harden, being Ofer uh, in his new in his new uniform, and I think 
I don't think this is a sample size. I don't think this is a feeling up here. I think this is a major, major problem uh, for the clips. And that Harden is probably, I would not, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I would not be surprised if Harden's out of the league next year. Oof. You know what's, you know what's a real bitch? Karma. Karma's a real bitch, James. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> so, yeah, they got four guys who, they got four guys who want the ball. Because you actually could even say five, four or five guys that want the ball that need, need their touches. I don't think that, that just is not a recipe for success in the NBA. And, and, I don't, and none of those guys, I think, are going to step back and say, listen, I don't need my, I don't need my touches. I don't need the ball. So per, it's a perfect scenario. I love it. I love the fact that he is, he is a train wreck wherever he goes. And I would love the fact that he was out of the league. Aaron, do you think the Clippers are more likely to implode in the next 25 games or get it together? And this is going to be disappointing for you guys to hear this, but I'm going to say they get it together. Those are really talented guys, and it's taking some time to figure it out. And it might not be easy for the next little while. It hasn't been easy so far. James Harden's a really talented player, and those guys are really good, so I think they'll figure it out. But I also, I recall on the Over-Unders podcast, there was some skepticism about how good the 76ers would be this year. And one of us was pretty optimistic that Daryl Morey and the 76ers would figure it out. Just saying. All right. Oh, is, this, is this another Kelly section? I thought, yeah, I thought hey, we were hey, against the Kelly sections there. Yeah, right. This is my segment. You had what, what did Aaron learn today segment. You could have brought that up if you wanted to then. But coming back to our, my season-long predictions, 11 games in, speaking of sample sizes. Uh, all right. Well, hang on a second. At, at the moment, the 76ers seem to have their shit together. And I think uh, a lot of what I was saying was on the fact that Harden wasn't going to be traded when he got traded. Um, and I obviously I didn't know that Maxi was going to be a superstar, but it's early. I still like that. I still like that under, uh, for, for that team, but going back to, to Harden, the Clippers. And I, and I mean this, like Harden's not closing games, uh, any tight game he's out because they don't, he's a defensive liability. So I think that's a huge problem. I think chemistry is going to be a massive problem. I'm not sure Kawhi is, is along for this ride. Um, and when I say I don't think he, he, there's a chance he's not in the league next year, he could very much like if he is in the league, it's not at $30, 40000000 million a year. No one's paying him like that. I mean, Westbrook's on a $3.8 million contract this year. I don't know that Harden will have uh, the pride to, to, to get to that level, but that's what he's I, – I personally think he is a mid-cap uh, exception player at best, and he's going to have to take a role that he doesn't want to take. So that's why I'm saying uh, I, th- I think they implode here pretty quickly. Uh, and I think their season's probably uh, in big, big trouble, would be my guess. And I love that under 45 and a half that I'm on. Uh, Draymond. Let's pivot to Draymond. Uh, and Aaron, I'm going to start with you this time, but I, I am interested to see, get your take on this because I'll tell you what my take is. The Warriors are reaping what they've sowed with this guy. He feels he's untouchable and that he can literally do whatever the fuck it is Draymond wants to do and could care less about the repercussions. Right. They have created and they've put him in like when Steve Kerr said at the beginning of this season, uh, preseason, we don't win a championship without Draymond. We don't win any of our championships without Draymond. Perhaps the most ludicrous statement ever said by a coach and only emboldens a player like Draymond to think, yeah, you're right. Because I know Draymond believes that. I don't, but you, you cannot tell me that Steph Curry, Kevin Durant team, uh, when they went 16 and one, I think it was in the playoffs, lose without Draymond. You just can't. It's 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 not a it's not even remotely a viable statement. Uh, but again, I think it's they've created this monster, and now you know he got away with the punch unscathed. 
Uh, he's now choking guy. Like try, like it was such a ridiculous thing to even do to to Rudy Gobert. Um, and you know, it's a five game suspension, and he is important to this team. That you know, they'll be lucky to go two and three in that in that stage. But for me, Draymond, I'm done with it. And I hate that he that this is what happens, right? Players get to this level and they can do this sort of shit, and the team doesn't do anything about it. It just got caught up in the in season tournament drama. The stakes were so high that he just. <laughs> You know, the intensity of the new in-season tournament, I think, is what got to Draymond Green. 100 seconds in. But you've given this uh, spiel, this tirade against Draymond, anti-Draymond Green before on this podcast. And I'll just say, this guy's a Hall of Famer. He, like, revolutionized defense in the modern NBA with the way he plays, his versatility, the small ball five. So I will not stand here and listen to you besmirch the name of Draymond Green. Oh, my God. Well, good thing you're sitting. Um, But... Hall of Fame? Come on. I mean, that's such a low are you, bar. Are you crazy? No, no, but listen to me. Everyone gets into the NBA Hall of Fame now. Okay. Okay. That's like, Hall it's like the lowest, it's the lowest criteria. I mean, it's, it's, it is ridiculous. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm okay, just saying, you. I don't know if that's the bar that you want to, uh, I don't know if that's the, the criteria that you want to base his, uh, value. But he's like on. an easy Hall of Famer. Well, again, like who isn't a first ballot? I mean, does anyone go to a second ballot? I don't think I don't think, I don't think they do. Like, everyone gets in the first time. Uh, but Kitch, what do you? I, Kitch, back on Team Bart for a second here. Yeah, and you're going to back me up on this one, aren't you? Uh, yeah, he's a train wreck. Like he, he's he's a he's a head case. <laughs> you you know, ah, he, yes. You punch your own player in practice right in the head. Come on, Drew. Like he's just and he, he just he doesn't. He doesn't own up to his actions, which I, I've never liked. He just, never he just, he doesn't never come out and say, I, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have done that. It's like, no, I'm just to help my player. I'm like, no, you shouldn't do that. And, and yeah, he's, he's, he's not Patrick Beverly, but he's borderline Patrick Beverly to me. Ooh. ooh. He's hall of fame, Patrick Beverly. And that's the difference okay. between hall the two of, of them. Ooh. You know, yeah, I'll give you that. that. All right. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. He's hall of fame, Patrick Beverly. Okay. All right. All right. That's, that's, you guys can have Jordan Poole. <laughs> who the Raptors saw the other night and didn't look so good. You Oof. guys can be team Jordan Poole, Michigan men. And I will, I will take uh, Draymond Green on my team. Oh, we're not uh, drafting. Oh, now we're drafting. Oh, yeah. I didn't really you guys can have, okay. have Jordan Poole with your first pick and I will, I will take Draymond Green. Yeah, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan did not look good the other night. And I get, you know, I, I think he's been struggling from the jump uh, with the Wizards and all of a sudden that's looking like a pretty bad contract. Uh, but yeah, if, yeah, okay. Well, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say I want to draft Jordan Poole over Draymond. I'm just saying Draymond's a train wreck. Uh, all right, listen, uh, you mentioned it. Let's talk about it. Does anyone give a shit about the in season uh, tournament that is now underway? Uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's caught some eyeballs from the standpoint of people are noticing the courts. I don't think people hard to miss. Hard to miss. I'm looking forward to seeing the wraps tomorrow night. Um, but I, I don't know that anyone really understands what's at stake here, but I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast with doc rivers uh, earlier and rivers was talking about how these guys are ultimately going to care and that someone's going to want to win the trophy. And this, I'm like, I guess like maybe, uh, but Aaron, do you give a shit about it? No. And you'll, from talking to players, they're pretty split on it. You'll have some guys like Dennis Schroeder who talked about it today and said like, you know, it's $500,000, a lot of money to you. Like it's a lot of money to me. And I spoke to Garrett Temple who said, that's a lot of money to me. I 
said, like, do you care about $500,000? He's like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Now, I also spoke to Pascal Siakam, who was probably asked three too many questions about that today and was not in a good mood <laughs> to talk about the in-season tournament. Well. But he was like, you know, you know, I don't care. It's, it's a basketball game. I'm just here to play basketball and do my job. And Scotty Barnes was asked what it means to him. And he was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it does. I don't know what it means to these players. So uh, some guys feel like it's a thing. But I, I will give credit to Dame Lillard. And I heard he, he said something along the lines of like, you know, $500,000 isn't a lot of money to me. Uh, Dame Lillard but for some of these two-way guys or some of the guys at the end of their you know making a million dollars or whatever two million dollars the veteran minimum that's that's like you know not necessarily life-changing money but that's a lot of money for these guys so uh, he's not doing it for himself necessarily he's doing it because you know Marquise Noel could probably use five hundred thousand dollars obviously not his teammate but that kind of guy um yeah, but when it comes to the courts and when it comes to like all the stuff around it, like it doesn't really matter. I think it's just to get a conversation going and it's to get a bigger rights deal, TV rights deal on the next TV rights contract. And that's what the player that helps the players because they get whatever 50% of the money uh, that comes yeah. in. So uh, if they can, you know, play hard for a few silly, meaningless games and say it means something and they can, the, the, the league salary cap can go up, then and certainly the players should be happy about that. Kitch, did you even know there was an in-season tournament? Yeah. So are the uh, so are the are the coaches uh, are the coaches incentivized? Like are they the coaches? The coaches do get the money. I, I'm told. Oh, they do. So, okay. So I like that then because and it's a prime example of last night is a lot of, a lot of people in that stadium last night who paid top dollar to go to that game last night and watch Giannis for the play in play in Toronto and they rest Giannis and that that is not good for the league. It's not good for the NBA when, when teams do this. And I think the play-in game or these tournament games, the coaches will do their best to play the stars because I think, I, I think they will try to want to win those games. So it's better for Boston coming to Toronto. We're going to see, we're going to on Friday night, we're going to see the Boston players that are the good players and they're not going to rest them because it's a tournament game. I think yeah, that's I just don't the wanna, mindset. It just happens to be a bad example. Cause last week, I think, the Celtics sat Al Horford for the first game of a back-to-back, the in-season tournament game, and then, and then played them, uh, played Al Horford the next night. So I, I think generally speaking, you're probably right that the idea is to get more guys going, but we've seen that sometimes these teams aren't taking it that seriously. That said, when it, when you compare it to either that Celtics game uh, the Raptors just played, or you compare it to that Bucks game, one of the things that matters in this in-season tournament is point differential. So you might not be willing to empty the bench when you're down 30 points in the fourth quarter because coming back and scoring 10 more points could actually make a difference. And I asked Darko about that today. And obviously being a European guy, he's well-versed in European soccer. And he gave an example of if you're down 3-0, you might want to keep it down 3-0 instead of, you know, risking it because if you go down 5-0, then you're in trouble for the next game. So the point differential might matter. And maybe you see Joe Missoula challenge a call in the last three minutes of a blowout game. And Darko can understand that because in the in-season tournament, those kind of things kind of matter. Well, I'm not sure Joe Mazzula knows he has uh, challenges uh, available to him, so that, that he may not, if that's the case. But, you know, speaking of which, uh, Kitch, first of all, congratulations. Nice little pivot there to get uh, your cheap shot in it, at Giannis. And I say cheap shot. It's not really a cheap shot. He does seem to miss a lot of Toronto games. Uh, he's in street clothes for a lot of them. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Like, it does suck when that when that happens. And I hadn't thought of it that, in that sense either. But you're right. Like, if the, if the internment actually promotes playing stars and playing people and you know and those all the, all those things are byproducts of it, then then i think it's great and it's still meaningless but then i think the little things might add up to be something uh worthwhile but what about this like i 
the money's great for the players and the coaches, sure. I mean, but they're uh, to your point, Aaron. I get not everyone's making the same amount of money, but it's uh, it's not life altering. However, there's not enough in it. There's not enough at stake for me. Right? Like, I would love it if there were draft picks involved, if there were trade exceptions involved, if there if there's if you could do something that would also enhance the value of your team. Uh, then I think then I think you really are. Uh, it's it's meaningful, right? Like, why not have the winner go into the lottery? You win the tournament, you get I might get a lottery. Uh, because the players might not want somebody to come in and take their job. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine that would be a bargaining chip. You want to try to keep some parity in the league? That doesn't help with parity. You put, you put the Denver Nuggets win the tournament, and now they get a, a lottery pick. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think we're guaranteed to see the top teams win this tournament. Like, what if the Raptors get in the tournament and won the lottery pick? Right? How, about, how about this? The fans also get $500,000. So for one night only, free beer at Scotiabank Arena. That's about, oh. that's, about the, that's about the relevant cost. Yeah. But you know what? Even something, I, I know you're joking, but even something gimmicky like that would be awesome. Can you imagine that your team on the tournament, like everyone gets free, that would, shit like that, they should do stuff like that. Uh, they, they should throw as much yeah, well, stuff you, as is possible you, you, you to get, get fans interested. Right sure. Well, I, I, I would need the money just to pay my fines. Get back in the building, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's... <laughs> Um, all right, you know what? Listen, I totally forgot about our other game. We'll save it for next week, but uh, th- that's fine. Uh, anything else in the incident season tournament? I, I mean, I'm I'm waiting to see what happens with it. I'm actually really interested to see if the big names, if the Celtics, uh, uh, Warriors, Nuggets, if they all are in that final four. It'd be interesting to see who who makes it there. That's what I think. I don't think you're going to get um, enough teams going balls out to sit there and go, "I want to be in that tournament final four. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Kitch, your favorite segment. And again, we're gonna I'm gonna remind you you are limited to one Damn. one and one uh what drives you crazy only. So please I got hangovers. I got seven. I wanna do that. Well you, you get one. You get one. You can say seven, we're just gonna end it down to one. So go So ahead. what what uh drives me crazy this week, and it was an example last night, and it really drove me crazy about the the gouging that that they that they the gouging of air of Scotiabank Arena and the fans, and just the the ability to make it uh, a situation that's not welcoming. So I'll, I'll explain this. So we went last yeah, night. Please, please do. You're we're in the, we're in, we're the Platinum Club last night. Like the, the the cost of the food is absolutely ridiculous in that place. Like it's just it's priced incredibly overpriced, and it's not a great atmosphere like it's not a buzz it's just kind no. of like a it's like a fine dining restaurant in in the bottom of the stadium so so as we as we said last night we we go to a lot of team games on the road we've been to a lot of u.s stadiums like uh, the majority of the u.s stadiums have if you got prime lower seats you get free food and drinks underneath the stadium for the game you can go in have some drinks have some food yeah it might be chicken wings and stuff like that but but they cater to the people who are who are who are paying the top dollar for the seats of the event and then after the game too, like and this, like I, yeah. After the game, we're we're sitting in the in our seats, when and the game ends, and like within five minutes of the game, they're like, "You guys got to get out of here. You got to go." In the U.S. stadiums, they'll let you sit there for half an hour and and talk. They'll they'll like you pay for the seat, you pay a lot for that seat. It's, these guys, they can't wait to get you out of the stadium. They try to get you out of the stadium as fast as they possibly can, more so than any U.S. stadium that I've ever been to. And it's just like they they don't cater to the fan at all in that 
in that venue, and that drove me crazy last night. Well, last, yeah, kicking us out of those seats uh, as quickly as they did. I mean, we're finishing a drink. Yeah. Right? A drink now we probably didn't need, but that's not the point. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The fan experience at Scotiabank could be a lot better. I agree. You guys are never going to be allowed back in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd save a lot of pain. I'd save a lot of pain. I'd be a lot, yeah, say, yeah. Be yeah. A lot richer. Yeah, it would be a lot richer, actually. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, thank you, Kate. Dave. I'm going to let you go first with your with your uh, what drives. Okay. Right, why? Well, well, yeah, I know. I can't wait. I, I'm looking forward to the reaction here. But again, I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't even try encounter it because I'm right. I am right on this one. So uh, I'm not sure if everyone knows, but if you don't, uh, it would appear that the Raptors have decided to hand out uh, some sort of award uh, to the player who's contributed. Uh, I guess. In, in what they believe is, the, is the, uh, the most relevant capacity to all wins. So the other night after the Washington comeback, Darko, and what shocked me is that Darko, the head coach, is the one holding this ridiculous looking sort of oversized uh, chain. Uh, and he is making a little speech and he's going to hand it out to the player. Which I also found interesting um, that he went sort of around, didn't mention Scotty Barnes in that little, his little piece. He went, he said Malachi, he said something about uh, Siakam, but then ultimately Boucher got the chain. I think that's a very dangerous sort of scenario too, where you start to uh, single out people, good, bad, or otherwise, you're going to, you're going to miss some things. Uh, you're going to forget. You probably, gonna, you, that may cause an opportunity to rub somebody the wrong way. So I don't like that. But what drives me crazy is that here we are, we are a professional organization. At what point are we giving out awards based on just your success for one for a one-off performance? It is ridiculous. The Jays tried it with their home run jacket; it went away. All these teams that try and do this stuff, whether it be at the college level, it ends up all going away because it's ridiculous and it's also not sustainable. And it's also really tough to be doing this shit if you're not a great team. It's really meant for something. If you're a great team, like it's all shits and giggles. Yeah, who cares? But when you're you know 26 and 40 and you're handing out your chain of the day, it's ridiculous. The second thing that drives me crazy about this is like, I'm old school. You want to you wanna go stand out. You want to sit there and go, hey, look at me. What a great game I had. Well, how about this? How about we do the same thing in all of our losses? And I said that, you know, I said, I think we should hand out a bag of shit for all of our losses, the bag of shit player of the game uh, in every loss. So let's do that. I mean, let's just acknowledge when we, when we suck like last night, Multiple uh, potential Malachi. Here's your bag of shit. And you got to carry it. Here's your bag of shit. You got to carry it right? to the next game. You got to carry yeah. it around with you until the yeah, next. And you got to keep it with you. That's yeah. right. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Like it just it can't be. It, it's it's a ridiculous thing that they're trying to do with grown men in a professional organization. It will not work. And I I will bet you, it's gone before the end of the year. Just telling you. And it drove and it drives me crazy. Uh, and it will go away. What about the what about the football game balls? They've done that for decades. That's give the game game ball out in the football. That's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, except it's not kind of, but they'll hand out multiple ones, generally speaking. Sometimes just one, but you will see multiple game balls handed out. Uh and that seems to be a little bit more like I don't know, less glorification. Like it just seems I don't know, that one seems more natural. Does, it's like sort of bright, shiny. And your coach doing it, like if it was the players doing it to one another, like fuck, it. I th- I think I'd be way more okay with that. Yeah. But when your coach is doing, I don't know, it just doesn't. Like, am I going to go in the office every day and after every great day in the office say, hey, 
gather around everybody. Hey, uh, Michelle, great work. Great work on the memo today, but you don't get the, you don't get employee. You don't get the employee chain of the day. I'm going to give it to so-and-so. Like, fuck it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. I don't have Michelle in my office. So don't worry about it. There's no Michelle. All right, Aaron, did you want to say something? I just want to go into yours. Do you have any, do you have any comment? You can... No, no comment. I'll do my what drives you, which is the fun police. Uh, Come on. From the same guys who brought you the emotional doctor. What do you call it about Pascal Siakam? The vibes doctor? Body language doctor? Yeah, body language. The yeah. body language doctor. Is Pascal yeah. Siakam having fun today? How is his body language? How positive is he? At the, the same guys who do that are freaking out. Over a guy giving out a chain post game. You don't like the, the home run jacket the Blue Jays had. You don't like the chain. Let these guys have fun. Last season was all, all bad vibes. We got to change the vibes. They changed the vibes. Now, too much fun? Nope. Will not stand for this fun. Just, just to let these guys have fun. It's okay. You don't have to read too much into the chain. You don't have to read too much into the jacket. If they were playing better, you'd love it. Just, just enjoy life. No, I, I, you're it, a grumpy it, old man, Dave. It, it's still not sustainable. It's not a sustainable uh, experiment. It's just not like it, it. It makes no sense. We're told there are there are upgrades coming to the chain. So just get ready. The chain is either getting bigger or there's another thing coming. The culture chain, because that's what it is apparently. Kumbaya, Aaron. Kumbaya. There's more. Right. There's more chain Fine. or jacket or something else coming. Kumbaya. The fun police my, cannot stop it. Just take my suggestion on. Let's just have the bag of shit award too, and we're fine. They balance each other out. I'm totally. That's a good idea. I'll, yeah, I'll suggest it to Darko. <laughs> no, please do. Please do. Tell my. Tell him was the guy who's also telling what, who to sub in. He also had that suggestion too. Who to take out? Who to put in? Uh, all right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Kitch, we're out of here. AOB, what do you got? Anything? AOB is. It's astonishing the people that listen to this pod, like we were ripping Pascal. He had a great couple games after our last pod. He was like, he lit it up, and then we were ripping. The uh, what was it? What's his name? The old cancer guy. Uh, we were ripping, oh, Freddie. We were ripping Freddie, and he uh, and the zero and five. The zero and five uh, Rockets are now seven and five or eight and five. I don't even know what that. But but just cut cut lighting up the So it's amazing how much our pod is impacting people's performance up there. So we, we need we, we need to talk. We need to talk up something. Like maybe we need to talk a lot about Pearl one day. So then maybe Pearl will have a, a better a better week after that. The McDaniel's breakout is coming. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I'll tell you yeah. why. Right. If that happens and actually catch this theory, he might be onto something. I actually might buy into it if that happened. But I'll tell you what's not happening Friday night. McDaniel's lighting it up. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Uh Aaron, anything for us? AOB? I'll just say that it's it's we're already hearing you mentioned those trade rumors. Zach Levine's name has come up as a potential guy who's going to get moved, probably not in November or December, but the Bulls are ready to call it quits, uh, it seems. And his name has been connected to the Toronto Raptors. I don't think by anything like sourced all that hardcore, but just that like it would make some sense. Who is a team that is pretty good defensively, but has absolutely no offensive creation? The Toronto Raptors. And they have the salary to get a deal done. Probably wouldn't cost that much. But the problem is Zach Levine's contract is so big and so long. And he's not putting you into... He probably puts you maybe into like the top seven in the Eastern Conference, maybe even the top six. But, you know, you're not maybe maybe you 
win a first round series, I might even be a little bit skeptical saying that. So like Zach Levine would help this team a lot, but you can't have him and Pascal and OG and Scotty and Yak and Dennis back and stay under the luxury tax. So it doesn't make a ton of sense for me. Plus, you'd probably have to throw in a first round pick or two. And now you're just screwing up your future. So uh, as I keep saying, build around Scotty Barnes and don't add a 29 year old superstar offensive player who just brings nothing on the defensive end. Uh, maybe maybe Levine goes for one of those players. So maybe maybe Levine goes for a uh, a Siakam or a uh, or or, or cause, and then the team can dump him and free up their space for next year and rebuild like Chicago's talking about. So and maybe maybe they go, we get a swap in there. And if you get him at twenty nine for a longer term contract, and he's an offensive production guy that we can build around, I don't hate it. I really don't hate it actually. Uh, actually, I'm surprised to hear you say that, Kitch. I, Aaron, are you referencing the Ringer report? Is that the one you you? Uh, no, I think sell? I think the Athletic broke the news, but yeah, the, okay. that they're so the they're Ringer open to trading him. Yeah, and the and the Ringer had a, a top five destination for him, and the Raptors oh, were yeah. number four on that. Uh, and they talked about all that thing, but the, the theory was that they wouldn't break up any of their core, right? That they would they would add him uh, and keep the main guys. So you're not you're not swapping an OG or or a Siakam for him. Uh, you could do it then, for like Gary and Chris yeah. Boucher, and I think Thad. Yeah, and Thad. Yeah. Yeah, you totally. Um, but I just think the fit with Scotty wouldn't be there. Like, if we're building around Scotty, I don't think Zach's the the player you're going um, you're going for. And in that scenario, now, do I know what that player looks like for Scott? I don't. Like, I'm trying to figure out what. I think it's a bunch of shooters, um, not and who aren't ball dominant, right? Like, I think that's what it is. And Zach wants the ball. Uh, I think he thinks he's the guy type scenario. So I don't know that it would ever fit for the Raptors, but we certainly would be more exciting, and it would. Uh, it would it would address some of our our glaring holes. I just don't know if it addresses it, like you said, in a meaningful way to be competitive. And over long term, does it make any sense? Because you're definitely not. You cannot. And that was what they talked about in the article. There'd be no way to resign OG Pascal uh, and have Levine with his max on there. You just couldn't do it. So, you know, it's be interesting to see. Uh, all right, for me, AOB, just uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, Celtics game, first the uh, in season tournament. Now there's a chance no Porzingis, no. Uh, Brown for the Celts tomorrow night, but I'm going to guess we don't have Gary or OG back either. So we're nope, staring. That. Gary's probable. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, all right, interesting. Uh, but I'm 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 going to say uh, I'm going to I'm going to do a, a weekly prediction here. I'm going to predict, however, that this is not going to be. We may be in a very similar situation at that game that we were at the Bucks game. I think Dave going out on a limb here and saying the Raptors are going to lose to the Celtics. No, but I'm not lose. I I think it could be ugly again. It could, Mm. it could be an unfortunate time to be uh, in person yet again. Cause I'll tell you what, that game sucked to be at last night. (laughs) It really, really did. Were you down 30 in the third quarter? I mean, what are you doing at that stage? So there you go. But that that is my, my my prediction is that it's going to be an ugly one again tomorrow. The highlight Celtics are that good. The highlight part, you you remember the highlight was, uh, Bart with his over eight and a half rebounds for for Scotty Barnes. Beautiful. And the very last play of the game, Scotty, or that last play of the game that Scotty played, he goes in for a shot and he gets stuffed. And he gets stuffed and he catches the ball and he, and he throws it back up again. And a stuff actually counts as a rebound. So, if you shoot it, the guy blocks it, and you grab the ball back, you get an offensive. Re- you get a rebound for that. Which I, I Noel had one last night. I was not. I was not aware of that being. I couldn't believe it, it was. It was. Thank God it saved my night. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> It desperately needed it. Uh, but yeah, well, you know, the other highlight was, uh, I mean, I saved, I saved the guy next to me last night. I, early in the first quarter, that ball came flying at us. Beer in my left hand. Thought, I actually thought when it was coming at me, I was going to have enough of it to like, I could, I could catch it. But 
I didn't. I deflected it and saved the person next to me, and the guy behind me caught it and took all the glory for it, which is kind of bullshit. So, all right, boys, listen. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if my prediction's right, and then we'll uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Celtics, Pistons. Uh, I don't know where they're on the road after uh, after Sunday. I don't know where they go, but they're they're on the road after that. So, all right, well, Kitch, give the honors. Oh, take it away. Overcrowded. Share the ball, Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock. Turns the corner for the win. <laughs> hey!